You're listening to the City Stories Podcast. My name is Kelsey, and I'm here with Amber today, and we are going to be talking about how we can live lives that are um, abounding in hope. So Amber, I wanted to ask you, what have have you learned about putting your hope in the wrong things? And then how has God taught you that putting your hope in him is so much better? Yeah. Um, so long story, but um, so I received the Holy Spirit about three and a half years ago and mm-hmm. um was immediately convicted of a lot of things that I was doing wrong. Um, things that God says are good that like I should desire. So things like community and a good marriage and different things that are good biblical things. Um, and just started longing for those things. Like I think every believer should, um, but found myself instead of like looking to these things and then turning to God for like I almost like as an empty vessel that mm-hmm. he was going to fill and guide I started thinking like oh like community is biblical and godly and good and I should be wanting this like I had had a lot of sin in, com- in the area of community in the past where um I just wouldn't be a good friend or I wouldn't follow up with people I didn't care about other people I was caring about myself and um just was really convicted of that but then what I did was I took this thing that God said was good and I started putting my ideals and my very specific expectations on it (laughs) and so I started like dreaming up of like okay well if community is good and biblical like what's my ideal community situation like Mm -hmm. and just kind of jumped up like what I would love that to be fulfilled as and like what I would desire in community that would be like spiritually encourage like mutually encouraging where we could be on mission together where we could be serving where we could be like discipling one another and other people and um I found myself slowly longing for that more than God himself mm-hmm. <laughs> and just found myself what was happening was I would meet someone and start to have this expectation this hope basically, mm-hmm. that they were going to meet this ideal that I had in my mind, this thing that I felt like was a good desire. Um, and I started getting let down and things would happen mm-hmm. and someone would move away or we wouldn't click as much as I hoped or they would be busier than I wanted or I'd never felt like we could connect or meet up enough or whatever it was. Um, and I found myself start to struggle, like after a long time, to struggle with depression, like mm-hmm. feeling like God, like you say this thing is good and like why is no one else wanting this and why is no one else connecting in this way and why isn't this happening in this way that I thought it was going to happen and realized that um, I had slowly turned something good into idolatry and Mm. I had started putting my hope in the wrong thing. And like it's not bad to want community or good health or a good marriage or good family, but I had started to um, put it in the wrong place basically Mm. and um anyways there was this moment um this so this went on for like two years where I was really struggling and really depressed and like disappointed and like had expectations on people and was always let down and putting um not that people had knew I had those expectations but um 
anyways, I remember like about six months ago, um, mm. I was standing in my kitchen and I remember like it happened again where I met this person and I was like, oh my goodness, like she's a stay-at-home mom. Like we have similar convictions. We're really passionate about the gospel and all these things. And I was like, yes, like this is it. This is going to be awesome. And mm-hmm. um, within a week, um, she entered into this like really intense trial that like I couldn't walk alongside her with. Like mm-hmm. it really separated us. And I remember standing in my kitchen like really struggling with it. I'm like, God, like I thought this was going to be it. And I'm so confused and disappointed and like what's going on. And I remember like he was like, Amber, like, I can do this as long as it takes. Like, mm-hmm. I will continue to put women in your life and take them away over and over and over mm-hmm. until you understand that I am sufficient. Like, mm-hmm. I am enough. Like, and he started to show me that this desire that I had that I was justifying, I thought it was good because community is talked about in the Bible as a good thing. Like, it is mm-hmm. biblical. Um, he started to show me that, like, um, my desire for community wasn't centered on glorifying him I was telling myself it was but like ultimately like my desire for community like he started showing me the darkness of my heart and I was like Amber like you wanted someone that you could call when you were having a hard day you Mm -hmm. wanted someone that like when you were struggling she could help you and support you during the day and like maybe take your kids or you could take her kids if she was having a hard day or like you wanted someone to replace me like when you're having a hard day, you call me. <laughs> like yeah. when you're struggling, you come to me. Like I am the source of living water. I am the thing. I am the greatest comforter. I am um, all sufficient. And no woman that you turn to is going to do that for you. And he just very clearly in the middle of my kitchen just called me out on um, how I was putting my hope in the created instead of the creator and that that's mm-hmm. never going to satisfy and I was looking at um some verses let me pull them up really quick um okay what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you is it not this that your passions are at war within you you desire and do not have so you murder you cover it and you cannot obtain so you fight and quarrel you do not have because you do not ask and you do not ask or you ask but you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions and like I wasn't causing, like, literal quarrels with people, but, like, there was this underlying, like, frustration in me and, like, bitterness Mm -hmm. with people that they weren't meeting my expectations, and I was desiring, and I didn't have, so I was, like, I wasn't murdering, but I was angry, (laughs) and, like, that's the same thing, according to Jesus, and, um, like, I don't have, okay, so it says you do not have because you do not ask. Like, I was asking, but then he says you ask and don't receive because you ask wrongly. Like, I was asking him for this thing to spend it on my passions and not for his glory. Um, Mm -hmm. And then he follows up by saying, like, you adulterous people. Like, (laughs) he's calling me adulterous right now. Like, Mm -hmm. do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of God or a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God? Or do you suppose that it is no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? And like, I just remember reading that and realizing like, God was so jealous <laughs> that I would find him sufficient and like so determined to make sure that I knew that no one else would satisfy, that he would do that over and over and over to show me how much he is the source of living water and he is the source of... um joy like I was never going to have an overflowing cup with any person (laughs) that I tried Mm -hmm. to pursue a friendship with I was never going to be like overflowed with inexplicable joy because this person was a good enough friend and met all of my expectations or that my husband was the husband I thought or my kids were being the kids that I thought and like I started 
the reason why I was depressed was because I was putting my things, my hope in things that could never satisfy. And so when I was looking for those things to fulfill me, there is no hope. Like Mm -hmm. it is a lost cause. And like, of course I was depressed. Like I was looking to the wrong thing. And, um, so then later on in that verse, it says, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. That was another thing that stuck out to me is that like my double-mindedness, like I was trying to justify my sin by saying that it was okay because it was biblical. I'm like, well, I'm not wanting to have an affair. I'm not going gambling and blowing all my money. I'm not like, it wasn't blatant sin in my mind. Like there were things that were biblical. And so I felt justified in my longing, but ultimately like I was double-minded. Like I was Mm -hmm. trying to say that I can love God and love community, that I can love God and love a perfect marriage. I can love God and love perfect kids. But you can't serve two masters. <laughs> like I can't have both of those things. Like they can't both fulfill me basically. Like God could work in a way where I did have a com- like a type of community that was what I see in the Bible, but that's not promised to me. Like that was another thing that was I was really convicted of was that I was clinging to promises that he never gave. Like he promises that he's sufficient. He doesn't promise that he's going to give me a best friend stay at home mom who homeschools and lives with close enough proximity to me that we can like share backyards and have like kids that are best friends and hang out at least three or four times a week like he never promised me that (laughs) and like and so for me to put my hope in something that he hadn't promised like it was distracting me from the real gift is him um the other verse that stuck out to me a lot was Romans 1 21 how or Romans 1 it talks about um, how they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Um, and just that's exactly what I was doing. I was elevating something that he designed to be good as if it was God itself, that that was mm-hmm. the thing that was going to fulfill and satisfy me. And um, I was listening to a like video clip the other day about someone who was talking about how um, they're reading Genesis. They've read it a billion times, but they were struck by how they'd never noticed that when it talks about Satan offering the fruit to Eve, it describes it three different times as being appealing and delicious and like it looks good. And he's like, I never thought about that before that Satan tempts us with things that look amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there, he is the king of deceit and we can be deceived into thinking that like it's not always being tempted with something we know is blatant sin like Mm -hmm. having an affair or gambling or whatever it is like we know to avoid that but he can also tempt us with things that are good um but when they become when we're replacing them with god they become bad um and so i was just really i've been processing through that a lot just how um how many things in my life i'm deceived into thinking are good. Also, there's a Charles Spurgeon quote that I've been kind of obsessed with lately where it talks about how discernment isn't the difference between knowing right from wrong. It's the difference between knowing right from almost right. Mm-hmm. Um, and just really trying to examine my heart and like, what are the things that are almost right in my heart <laughs> that mm-hmm. like aren't actually quite like solid with the gospel and in line with desiring God alone and like everything else being, um, just icing on the cake like it sounds like it's the same thing but sometimes I don't realize I've shifted that um in my heart and I have them on the wrong order Mm -hmm. basically 
Um, yeah. <laughs> so having learned all the things that you've learned about how you've put your hope in the wrong place mm-hmm. and how you need to be putting it in Christ, how would you want to encourage other women of our church to find their hope in Christ? Um, I think the main thing I would say is like genuinely like praying and seeking the Lord to show you like what your hope is in. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that because this type of sin, I think can be so deceiving. Like I think Mm -hmm. that it's very easy to justify why we're okay to long for this thing so much. Um, and I think that like we need to like prayerfully ask God to expose the areas of our heart that we're putting hope in the wrong thing, even if it seems like a good thing to show for him to show us, like for me, like for him to show me that like, it wasn't just that I wanted a friend, like to have like community and companionship. It's that I, like he exposed the deeper roots of my heart that like I wanted someone that I could go to when I was sad and that I could call up when I needed help and to replace him. And I think that um, just seeking the Lord and praying and asking him to open our eyes to the areas in our life that are like, what are we putting our hope in? What are the things we're longing for? What are the things we're frustrated about? Whether it's in the church or in our home, like what causes us irritation? Like what are we wishing would happen and it's not happening and therefore we can't be happy? Um, I tend to notice that that's pretty telling <laughs> for like what I'm putting my hope in is like what's irritating me mm-hmm. because I'm irritated because I want it to be differently. And so to be different. And so I'm putting my hope in this thing going a different way. And when it's not happening, I'm not satisfied. But if my hope was in God, I wouldn't be irritated because he's sufficient. He's filled me up. And so I can handle this situation with grace and not irritation. And um, so I think the biggest thing is just asking God to open our eyes to where we're lacking hope. Um, Because I think that we can deceive ourselves. Mm -hmm.